Thank you for listening. This is Israel Rebound, a podcast joining Jews in Nebraska to Israel, exploring the ties that bind us through culture, identity, and current events. I'm Alan Padash in Omaha, and I'm joined with my co-host, Liz Felstrin in Jerusalem. Today, Liz and I will talk about the Olympics and probably ice cream. So Liz, how are you and what's new? I'm good, Alan. Shalom, shalom. I like putting the Olympics and the ice cream together. They, I think they go well, right? You're going to sit and watch some like super fit, healthy people while stuffing your face with ice cream. I think it's perfect. So that was kind of the thought I had when I read about the Ben and Jerry's boycott uh, this past week to Israel. Who's going to be eating ice cream during the Olympics? Because everybody wants to get fit. <laughs> so they have uh, so a, a chance in the future Olympics. Um but, but I do need to say, I'm very excited about the Olympics. I always take some pride in watching or following the Olympics from the perspective of one as an American and the athletes that we have in America competing. I also look at Jewish athletes and how they compete. And now over the past several years, I follow the Israelis uh, at the Olympics. And I think this year more than ever, there are more and more Israeli athletes competing as well as uh, people who identify strongly as being Jewish, uh, announcing that they're Jewish. So how, how, how are the Israelis viewing the Olympics these days? Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. I mean, as you said, the Israeli contingency does get bigger and bigger. And also uh, this year in particular has branched out to new sports, which Israel has not been represented in previously. So that's exciting as well. Um, they're a pretty diverse group, um, you know, in terms of men and women, in terms of native Israelis. And, uh, you know, typically we do see a lot of people who have immigrated to Israel, both from the former Soviet Union and, uh, and also a, a good number of Ethiopians. And so we have all of those uh Populations represented. Uh, there's the Paralympics as well. Israel has a, a sizable group, so um, it's exciting. I mean, I think Israel, you know, sports is a, something that Israelis can really get behind as as a group, um, and I think it does what the Olympics are supposed to do, right? It's sort of that building commonality, and everybody can can get excited and have someone to root for and, and someone that they see themselves in and, uh, and learn about new sports that they've never even knew were a category. So there's all of that. I, it, very exciting. And one of the first medals that an Israeli won, uh, I think on the first day of the Olympics was uh, a woman, um, Avishlag Semberg, who, in judo. In judo or taekwondo? So judo? Oh, maybe she's taekwondo. I'll take it back. Taekwondo. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I, I found that to be incredibly uh, inspiring that a woman uh, athlete all of a sudden won a, uh, a bronze medal, one of the first medals to be awarded, actually, during the Olympics. And it just happened to be uh, an Israeli in third place. I've also noticed that uh, some of the hopefuls have not uh, achieved their status as well, uh, but it's still early on. 
I was watching the women's bicycle uh, road race today and for a while noticed that there was an Israeli uh, at the top of at the lead of the pack uh, in the road race. At the end of the day, she did not um, achieve the status that she had during most of the race. Um, Omer, Omer, um, I have to look up her name, um, but uh, she came in 24th uh, overall. But it was exciting to see an Israeli bicyclist. I did not know that um, the Israelis were uh, big into bicycling. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, should, I should take that back. I know that there are many who do bicycle, but I thought it was uh, really good to see a, an Olympic athlete uh, doing that. Um, and then I was watching uh, beach volleyball, which I still don't quite quite understand. And an, Ameri- and an American um, uh, athlete, a female uh, uh, beach volleyball person uh, was competing and did quite well. Kleinman. Um, uh, so again, lots of excitement in the Olympics. I have to be honest, it's very easy in uh, America to follow the Olympics on the on NBC and all their affiliates, as well as through the internet. How are you able to watch the Olympics in Israel? I am. So I'm sure there are other ways as well. We've personally just been watching on YouTube. Um, I, I don't know if there's a dedicated channel here. I'm sure there must be. Um, but we've been getting it that way. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I just need to correct myself. I want to make sure I have the right uh, beach volleyball athlete. So give me one second to just double check that I pronounced her name correctly. Um, yeah, no problem. I don't like I I don't like to make mistakes. So, which I tend to do. Well, we want to give credit to athletes where credit is due, right? Yep. Yep. Um, so give me one second to pull up the, the Israeli team. I I know does include uh, one set of brothers um, and one married couple. So that was uh, something interesting that I saw about the group as a whole. So the married couple, one is a marathon runner and the other. Yeah, he, he's a marathon runner and she runs, I think, the 5,000 and the 10,000 meters. And the brothers, um, oh, I forget off the top of my head what they do. Well, I can pull it up. So I was correct. It is Alex Kleinman, uh, and she's um, I, a uh, from California in beach volleyball. So just mm. highlight that. I what I also think is just the Olympics in general have a, a usually have a non political quality about them. Uh, people with opposing. Uh, connections to countries tend to, you know, shake each other's hands and show a great deal of respect. Uh, but I read the other day that... Yeah, with notable exceptions, right? right? I mean, for the most part, that's true, but there are times where that has not been the case. So there was a case the other day where a uh, an athlete refused to compete with uh, an Israeli athlete in, in uh, judo, an Algerian mm-hmm. An Algerian quit the Olympics just so he wouldn't have to uh, compete with an Israeli. And I know that the Iranians have done that in the past. I don't know if many other countries have done that. But again, somebody always uses that political piece to it. The other interesting thing that that I recently read were the number of Palestinians that are competing uh, 
uh, in the Olympics under uh, the Palestinian flag, but invited by the uh, Olympic Committee under some interesting caveat for people who are not really part of countries. Uh, hmm. So that's an interesting- Okay, I hadn't heard anything about that in that group. Yeah, so I, I thought that was interesting. Um, so uh, all sorts of great things. Is there a specific sport that you and the family follow that, that in the Olympics? I am. I I tend to like the gymnastics in all of its many forms. I am. Jonathan will definitely be following the baseball. I am, especially with you know an Israeli team. I think their first game is on Thursday this week. I am. So we'll see what happens. I think the Israeli team is playing Korea in their first game. Uh oh. That can be a tough one. I uh, I mean, they must all be tough ones, right? There's only six teams, so I'm sure they're all very talented. Is it? Uh, a, but it also means you have a 50-50 chance of getting a medal. Right. Once you're there, so there's only six teams. So, so if, you, if you win one game, your chances of getting a bronze is pretty good. At least a bronze. Uh, I guess so, is yeah. It is it single or double elimination or... But we'll have to figure that one out. I don't know how they play. They're divided into like two groups of three. But what happens once? I don't know how it works. <laughs> we'll see. So we'll continue to talk more about the Olympics. Any athletes that Israel is really excited about that are competing that's in the news? I um, I mean, I don't know if there's anybody... Super specific. I think everybody kind of has their sports that they like. I am um, a lot of people follow all of the athletics, all of the runners. I am. Um, I think surfing is exciting because it's the first time I think Israel has sent a surfer. I am. Um, so. So surfing, yes. I, surfing is big. Windsurfing is big. Also, um, I know. Mm -hmm. I know that there's a. A canoeist? What is somebody who does canoeing? A paddler? Uh, and a, I, I don't know. A Jewish paddler, I think, from Australia that's uh, competing. Um, so lots of things to look out for. Yeah. And, and it's really just yeah. today is just the, the second or third day, depending on the, the time clock that you and use. And it's super weird, right, seeing these empty halls and, and stadiums. I mean, they're I, I feel like I keep seeing a few audience members here and there, I guess, locals that somehow were allowed in, but for the most part, it's all empty. I wonder for the athletes, if there's something, you know, I mean, obviously they don't have the roar of the crowd and that kind of motivation, which I'm sure for some athletes is very meaningful. On the other hand, maybe it makes it feel more familiar, right? It's like a practice that they do all the time and that maybe helps them concentrate. I don't know. I know it must that feel very different though. I know that the some of the events that I've been watching that parents are watching via video and they get to congratulate their athlete after they've won. Uh, so mm -hmm. the networks and um, I think Olympic Committee are allowing families to kind of zoom in after an event, but they're watching it live uh, as it happens. Um, again, challenging times with COVID of how to 
put on a major world event. It's taken a year to yeah. do it. The venues look awesome, but to your point, they are empty of, of fans. I did watch a little bit of the men's gymnastics yesterday, and most of the women's gymnastics team were in there supporting the men. So I'm sure athletes across the the village, if they can, are supporting or going to support their uh, countrymen or countrywomen. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's move off of the Olympics. We'll cover this one again next week as it expands more. What else is exciting in the news in Israel that you're following that you want to share with us? I am, well, starting to talk here a little bit about what will happen with the new school year. For you guys, it's getting very close. Right. I don't know what the conversations are like for how schools will open just a couple weeks from now. Is that something that has been talked about already in Omaha? Yes, it is. And uh, nobody has a real solid plan. So masking, it looks like, looks like schools will be open. The question is whether they'll be masked uh, or not and requiring 12 and above to be vaccinated. So there's some things out there still need to be determined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here there, I mean, they're still finalizing it, but it sounds like they're close to coming up with a solid plan to have everybody in school, in person, in regular class sizes. I am, but to do a really big push for serological testing so that they can have a better understanding of where even in students under the age of 12 who are not vaccinated, where they know that there's, you know, a certain amount of immunity. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how that rolls out. I mean, Israel, like we've seen all through COVID, I think is able to, once they figure out what they want to do, very quickly roll out like mass public health policies, whether it's for testing or vaccination or whatever. So I think, you know, once they can agree between the Ministry of Education and the Ministry of Health on what this plan will look like, they will be able to to implement it. But pounding out that agreement in the first place may be a little bit tricky. The benefit of Israel is that it's a small country with a centralized education system. In America, right. education is based on the district that the schools are in, and they operate pretty much independently. So one school district next to another school district might have a different policy than its neighbor district. And so that's one of the challenges that Omaha has with all the different districts and the the responsibility that they have to provide a safe environment for the students as well as the staff. Um, But again, I don't think anybody wants to go back to um, what we experienced last year with um, Zoom education, the studies, the studies that have come out or that it's not that it did not help the educational development of children. So. Yeah, yeah, there were a lot of programs here that went through the summer to try and help kids catch up because they know that they just weren't able to learn during the regular school year what they should have, right? The What normally would have been covered. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the few minutes we have left, I, I have to ask you your favorite uh, ice cream that you uh, you and the kids eat that might be a, a an ice cream that you won't see in your store uh, coming yeah, soon. Yeah, this is, this is a, a painful subject, actually, because it 
even before this latest Ben and Jerry's fiasco, I was uh, a little angry with Ben and Jerry's because my favorite flavor had been put in their, what they call their graveyard flavors (laughs) they no longer produce uh, quite a while ago. Oh yes, you can visit the Ben and Jerry's graveyard on their website and you can actually drop them a note requesting that a flavor be brought back out of the graveyard, but that hasn't done me any good. I was a big fan of a flavor called turtle soup, which uh, was vanilla ice cream, but with like caramel and chocolate covered cashews, you know, like a, like a turtle, that kind of chocolate candy thing. Um, So I really like that. I am, but uh, you know, I, I like them all. I don't, I don't discriminate. I am pretty pretty broad in my enjoyment of ice cream. I I think I want to avoid the longer conversation about the impact that this uh, boycott, this political boycott will have on Israel and really talk about the quality of ice cream in Israel and why why Ben & Jerry's would even be important to Israelis. Mm -hmm. So you just shared that you have a passion for certain flavors of Ben and Jerry's. I, if somebody if somebody were to take a poll in Israel, you know, rate your top five brands or flavors of ice cream, would Ben and Jerry's even appear on that list? I mean, for a lot of Israelis, it would because the for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, I think legitimately Ben and Jerry's ice cream is very different than all of the Israeli brands of ice cream. It's the fat content is like three times more. I mean, it's a total, it's a harder ice cream. It's a totally different experience than eating Israeli ice cream. So if somebody likes that and they want that kind of ice cream, they know Ben and Jerry's and they like Ben and Jerry's. Um, you can get haagen here, but it's a little bit harder to find. And so it's basically either Ben and Jerry's or regular Israeli ice cream, which is much cheaper, but I don't think as good. Um, So people know it. And the other reason I think people know it is because they like the idea that this is a, you know, foreign product, but is available kosher. Um, And I think people are also aware that the owners or previous, you know, founders at least were, are themselves Jewish. Um, And so I think it's a, I don't know. I think it's a brand that Israelis have felt sort of connected to and good about. Uh, But obviously that changes when the brand decides they want to shift from the business of making ice cream to the business of making political statements. That is a great spot for us to stop because we could probably talk for hours on the value of political, um, political action versus what I think Ben and Jerry's Unilever is doing is uh, falling prey to a PR situation that uh, will not make Israel look good uh, and is holding Israel to a double standard than other countries. So on that, I'd like to say, have a great week. Go to the store, get yourself some ice cream, choose an Israeli. Ice cream, Olympics, we have a plan. (laughs) And we'll talk next a week. Liz, thank you very much. Give my best to your family. And for those who are listening, you are listening to Israel Rebound, a podcast joining Jews in Nebraska 
to Israel, exploring ties that bind us and ice cream flavors. Have Thanks, a great everybody. Week. Have a great week. Bye-bye.